I just said, look, I've been living my life on pause for 14 years because I didn't want to acknowledge my pain. And now that I'm acknowledging it, and now I'm going through a healing process, I want other people to know that you don't have to live your life on pause. You don't have to keep repeating the same patterns of behavior because it makes you feel safe. Welcome to Moving Dialogues. I'm SC Augusto Vertan and your host. And I created this podcast because I believe in dialogue. Dialogue is how we connect and share our stories. And our stories, well, they are our superpower. So I want to connect with you to share my own personal stories, but also introduce some incredible human beings and their powerful narratives that can move your heart, but also move you into action. I hope this podcast can also help you feel that you are not alone in whatever reality or struggle you might be facing and give you support from afar. I hope this podcast can also give you tools to help you keep connecting and keep moving no matter what. So let's connect and let's get moving. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of Moving Dialogues. I am so excited about today. I have such a such an amazing guest for you guys today. But first and foremost, I just want to take a moment to just thank you, everybody. Like, thank you so much for the support that you've given me with this podcast, all the messages you've sent me, all the feedback, the donations that you've given me. It doesn't go unnoticed. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. And it just it just keeps me going. I'm just so excited. This is like the biggest passion project of mine. So seeing your guys' support and seeing you what like listening wherever you are in the world, it's just it's been a heartful experience for me. So just wanted to say thank you first and foremost. But without further ado, I'm just gonna introduce today's guest, my amazing, amazing universe friend, Nadine Dash. Uh, Nadine Dash is a multi-dimensional coach. She specializes in using positive psychology and creative coaching approaches. Before coaching, Nadine also held successful motivational speaking events in her local community in East London, UK. By using her story as a motivational speaker to help others to share their stories of inspiration and growth, Nadine has also worked with young people for over 16 years as a mental and vocal coach. It's Nadine's belief that everyone has the capacity to change for the better and that her calling is to help more people develop a deeper understanding of the self. Nadine's life mission is to create positivity by doing what the universe has called her to do. And I am so excited because today she's going to she has so many stories to share you guys like the amount of wisdom you will receive today i am just so excited to have this conversation but today what we will focus on is her journey of being diagnosed with fibromyalgia which is a chronic illness and she's going to tell about that in just a moment but how how being diagnosed really have shaped her and that kind of pain into power we're going to talk a lot about pain today and pain is universal, guys. Pain is universal. Um, so even if you don't have a chronic illness of any sort, we're going to talk about pain in general because it's part of our human experience. So welcome, Nadine. Hi, how are you? I am really good. I'm so excited to have you. Like, <laughs> I'm just so excited to like 
just introduce you to the world. Like you have just, you changed my life. Like knowing you, you've changed my life. And I'm so excited how you being on my broadcast could really help that you can also change other people's lives. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I'm very, very honored to be on Moving Dialogues. I think it's amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing and that, you know, you're giving so many people the opportunity to get together, understand each other and learn that movement and connection is the way. Mm, and yeah. And it's, I'm very honoured to be on your podcast. Very, very oh, good. thank but you. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> universe friend. Yes. No, thank you so much for saying that. And you're really... Um, you're really one of those kind of epiphanies, like one of the lived examples of how you're also taking my mantra of the connection and movement into your life. And 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 it's been just beautiful. And maybe we'll get to that <laughs> today. Um, so just to kind of start with, just can you like tell a little bit more about yourself and kind of tell me about who were you before being diagnosed with fibromyalgia? Who was that in the Dean before all that happened? Ah, so before I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, um, I was working with young people. I did a lot of main stage park events with young people using performance performance arts, live bands. Um, I was always on the go, 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 go. Literally, um, I didn't stop. I had... At the time, I had probably about four phones, one personal free work. Um, and I was, you know, I didn't really talk to my body. I didn't listen to my body. I just did what I wanted. As far as I was concerned, you know, this is my vessel and I'm going to do what I want with it. And I didn't show my body enough respect. And so... You know, there was a time where, you know, when you're in your, like, late teens, like I was, by the time I was 20, 21, I was a mum for the first time. And so that became a different priority. But I was still always on the go all the time. It did, You know, it didn't matter. You know, if someone asked me to do something, I'd be like, yeah, I can. You know, I was always topping up my plate. Always, you know. And so it got to a point where... Um, I started to realise after I had my second son that I was still always on the go, but I was always feeling tired. And I was just like, because I've always had a very high pain threshold, therefore, if I was in pain, it was normal to me because I was just kind of like, oh, it's pain, cool, yeah, I'll just carry on. It never occurred to me that my pain would get so high that I wouldn't be able to cope. Yeah, I've always had a high pain threshold. So, for example, um, I had a major operation um, when I had my first son. But the next day, I was up and walking around like normal. And the nurses were like, how are you even doing that? The lady across the bed from you has been in bed for a week. And I was just like, well, it's pain. It's like, it's, it's nothing. As long as you keep moving with it and you learn how to breathe through it, you can get through it. But with fibromyalgia, that pain is completely different because it's not just a physical pain, yeah? 
So for those of you who possibly don't know what fibromyalgia is, I'm going to read you the medical definition of um, from when I joined my fibromyalgia uh, management program group. And basically, yeah, yeah, please do. Great. Fibromyalgia syndrome is a common rheumatological condition where patients experience their main symptoms, which is generally pain, but the pain is musculoskeletal. So it's not just the muscles, it's all the veins and all the things that interconnect. As well as chronic widespread pain, you can suffer with fatigue, um, like sleep problems and depression and all of those things that we associate with well-being yeah cybermyalgia flips that on the opposite on the opposite side so by the time i was diagnosed with fibromyalgia i wasn't sure whether um, i was going crazy or whether i had done something to myself which had caused uh the pain that i was feeling to be heightened so by the time I realized something was really wrong. I was like, okay, this is just ridiculous. Like, I need help, you know? So after a while of realizing this is not leaving, this pain is not going anywhere, then the sleep, then I started to really suffer with really bad chronic fatigue. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the doctors. Went to the doctors. Um, it took them two years to diagnose me because fibromyalgia has very similar symptoms to other chronic illnesses so things like um, lupus for example this uh, is very similar in terms of symptoms so uh, my best friend said look um, she has lupus and she was like look I'm gonna tell you now tell the doctors to refer you to this clinic so I went back to my doctors I was like you can't help me um, you know, I believe that you've done all you can do for me right now. Please, can you refer me to this clinic? Now, I love my GP. I love my doctor because he actually listens to me. And so he was just like, we're not even going to have a further conversation. I'm just going to refer you. He did. Um, cut a long story short, after 18 months, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And I remember when the doctor said to me, oh, he just literally was like, oh, you've got fibromyalgia. We've done clear tests, like physical tests, like, you know, when, like, the, your joints, tapping for your joints and stuff. Yeah, you've got fibromyalgia. This is, it's an inflammatory disease. Um, here's a leaflet. Off you go. I was like, ah! I was like, are you not serious? Like, I could, I, at the time, I couldn't even pronounce the word. Please. <laughs> I couldn't even pronounce the word and there you are giving me a pamphlet and you're like, oh yeah, go, 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 go get on with your life. And I was just like, what? So for about six months, I, you know, I became, Google became my best friend and I just started to investigate what is this? You know, what food can I eat? What's this? What's that? And I was slowly getting myself into a very depressive state because I wasn't able to manage my pain. And I was just like, one day, I was sitting, um, doing my Buddhist prayer, so I chant Nam Yoharenge Kyo, and I was sitting in front of what we call a book sedan, and I was chanting, and I was like, this isn't fair, um, this isn't what I asked for, universe, like, no. And in that moment, I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm not having this, 
this is not what life is about. And as a Buddhist, yeah, we're all about happiness, hope, courage, joy, encouragement, enthusiasm. You know, we're all on the positive end of the spectrum. Not that, not to say that we don't um, have negative things come into our lives or circumstances, but we challenge that from a place of hope, joy, happiness, wisdom, and courage. And I was just like, girlfriend, if you're a Buddha, yeah, you need to now tell the universe what you need. So in, on that particular day, I was like, I need someone who knows about, knows about fibromyalgia, is an expert in their field, and will understand my story when I take it to them. So I Googled and I found a clinic and I rang them up on the same day and I said, how do I get myself referred onto this program? And the woman said, if you refer yourself, then you have to pay for your medication. But if you refer, if you get your doctor ref to refer you, then you don't. I was like, cool. Rang my doctor, said, I'm coming to see you. Um, wrote down all the information, including the fax number and all of that. Took it in, slid it over to the table, over the table to my doctor and said, you need to refer me to here because they can help me. Mm. And did. And I was like, okay. By the time I got onto the program, which was basically a clinic that helps people with fibromyalgia, I was so exhausted because nobody understood what I was talking about. And I can tell you now, the day that I walked into that room and there was about nine other people. So there was eight other women and one man. And then obviously we had... Uh, a cognitive behavioral therapist, we had an occupational therapist, we had a dietitian, and we had um, another lady that dealt with physical wellness. So basically how to be able to get into the gym and move your body. Yeah, so movement and connection. And I walked into that room and I sat down with these with this group and for the first time in over two years I felt like I was being heard. I felt uh, somebody understood what I was going through. And even though our fibromyalgia affected us in different ways, we could all understand each other's story. That's powerful. That's amazing because it, it's just amazing how you were just given this pamphlet from the, hey, there you go, go and live your life. And you've been, di you've been diagnosed with this thing and then, to find someone who can help you and go in there and to feel seen and heard with something that's very, and what I've understood, fibromyalgia, it's a very complex disease that still a lot of research is needed for that to oh, yeah. make, make people comprehend that. But how, how did that, how did that like go into that doctor really kind of, how, how did that change things for you from that moment on that? And and also more like for the listeners, like what, what is it like? Like when people, what is fibromyalgia? What does it feel like? And I know today is a rainy day here in London yeah. that weather affects you. Can you tell a little bit more about that? What is that actually like to live with it and how things started changing that you found a way to cope with it? So in the beginning, I didn't know that um, the weather was one of the things that would affect my pain, my pain threshold. Um, and I was just like, am I becoming this old woman who can like literally tell when the wind's going to change? Because literally 
um, there'd be days like so for example like now yeah it's gray right but I knew the weather was going to be like this like last week Wednesday because my body was already preparing itself for that exactly so wow we'll say is because everyone is different yeah, I will use some of the examples from my group sessions, yeah? So in my group sessions, um, there was one lady who actually I found out lived locally to me. The difference between me and her was that she, I love the sunshine. When it's sunny and it's warm, my energy's different, my body flows differently, and I can move more with, with less pain, yeah? She was the opposite. If it was really hot, she felt more pain. So she loves winter. I hate winter. I don't like winter. So I don't like to use the word hate. I dislike winter. Um, but she loved it. Wow. She absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, and there were things like, so I'm very much um, into holistic medication. Um, and a lot of the people that I met in my, in my sessions they were on uh, very much high medication, so not non-herbal medication. Now, the most beautiful thing about meeting the doctor um, for the first time, and, and rest in peace, his name is Dr. Fisher, um, and he actually was a physician for the Queen, which amazed me because I didn't find that out until after he had passed away. But the most amazing thing about Dr. Fisher is that he treated everybody as an individual. So when he, when I came to see him and I said to him, look, these are the strong medications that they've given me. I said, but I can't take them. I said, one, because, and I'm not saying, and I want to emphasize this, I'm not saying that these particular medications don't work, yeah, but they don't work for me. Mm. And I want to do and for what I believe is good for my body. However, I've met a lot of people who have to take particular medications because that's the only way they can cope with the pain of living with fibromyalgia. So when I said to Dr. Fisher, look, I don't want to take these medications. I'm a mum. I'm studying. You know, I run a business um, and I work as well. Um, I said, I need to be highly functioning. So I need to learn how to do that. So when I joined the group, um, I stopped taking all conventional medicine and I stuck with homeopathic medicine, which was actually prescribed to me by Dr. Fisher. Mm. All the medication that I've taken barring one period of having fibromyalgia, all of it is holistic. It's all homeopathic and it, and it works for me. And I'm blessed that it works for me. The difference is, is that when you are living with fibromyalgia, um, it doesn't just affect your body. It affects your mind. It affects your spirit. Um, and when you don't have someone to speak to about how you're feeling, who can understand it, yeah, you then feel very alone and you feel very isolated because you know, the, the most random thing about living with a chronic illness is that today you can be fine and tomorrow you can't get out of bed. And when people in your environment don't understand that, they look at you and they're like, oh, you're just, you're just overreacting. You're just being a hypochondriac. And actually, I'm not. And it's not all in my mind. The pain that I'm feeling is not all in my mind. And the simplest way 
to explain that is like imagine you've got a circuit board with lights and it all goes round in a sequence, right? And then you spill a little bit of water on it and it goes push. And then it starts going all random. Yeah, so the lights are going around all random, not in a sequence. That is fibromyalgia. So one day you're fine, your pain threshold is fine. Um, and then afterwards, as you develop it, you begin to realize that certain aspects of your body feels more sensitive than others. You become sensitive to noise, to light, to temperatures, yeah? So much. And then because of all that, because sometimes you can't process all these different sensations in your body, you then can feel really low and depressed. Mm. So for me, when I was going through that period of being, and I wouldn't say I was depressed, I was just so low because no one understood what was going on. No one wanted to listen to what was going on. And so then I felt very isolated. So to get myself out of that, which is why I desperately searched for the group. When I got to the group, I found freedom. Mm. My voice. I found companionship. I found friendship and I found people who were willing to listen to me even when I just wanted to moan. Mm. So in the group, um, we kind of agreed that when we came in, we would all have like about between two and five minutes to moan, moan about the pain, moan about the inconsistency with family understanding, moan about work, you know, work not being very understanding. And after those two or three, you know, two to three minutes of moaning each, we then focused on the plan. What's the plan? How do we manage this? What's the plan? And I'm very proud to say that I actually found my first um, list of goals that I made in 2017 when I started the program. Um, and I, do you mind if I share the goals? Oh, go ahead. Absolutely. And so the goals were to manage my pain better become aware of my triggers, mm. to be able to exercise regularly every day, to be able to share my condition with others confidently, to be more consistent in my activities and my day-to-day -day life, and to meet more people who have fibromyalgia so that we can share stories. Wow. Yeah. And you've accomplished all of them. Haven't you? Actually, I actually have accomplished all of them. And that is beautiful. How thank you for sharing that. I think it's beautiful. And that was 2017. Mm. That you've been and that was a beautiful story for you to like how we need to find a place to be seen and heard and understood. So important. Each of us, each human being has their own unique experience. And like you were saying, for you, fibromyalgia is different than some of the other, but even though the experience might be different, there's still this level of empathy that we can show up, that we do have the same thing. Even though our experience of it is different, we can show up and connect because I do know. I do know what that's like. There's so much power in that. And I just love the fact that you found a way to connect that way because what I always speak about is that, yeah, we need to connect within, but also connecting with others is essential. You saying how you get to that kind of, dark place that you're in this pain and you 
at th- times you don't feel control over your body that you can't get out of bed as you said that so- some mornings guys listeners like some mornings because of the condition that Nadine has she cannot get out of bed that she cannot move her body like I just want you to understand this that all of us have some sort of pain but to understand that you would be in so much pain that you cannot get out of bed physically no it's just unfathomable it just speaks of your resilience how you found a way to you know keep connecting keep moving which I speak about that you found a way and that's my next question there and even if people don't have this kind of chronic illness like I was saying but we all have pain yes and I've experienced emotional pain in this like past past week or psychological pain we can be in so much pain psychologically or physically or all of it which you said is part of your condition how how have you found a way to connect to yourself when you're in such a high pain that could be physical or you're also struggling mentally when you were feeling low how have you found a way to connect the first thing that i would say in this is personal to me. My first point of call for my connection was my faith, was to be really grounded um, in chanting Namya Harenge Kyo, to be really grounded within myself. Because what happens is, and this is um, not just about chronic illness, this is about pain in general. Most people um, feel that pain um, is something external right yeah so like when you knock your hand ouch you feel pain right what I've come to realize and this isn't just about um chronic illness but this is about what I'm learning and discovering about human behavior and the self is that pain is internal yeah when we feel pain whether it's physical emotional spiritual We feel it internally first and then it manifests outside of us. Mm. So what I learned when it came to pain was that the first place it's going to start is in my heart center, right? That's when I'm going to feel it first. So when you feel physical pain, emotional pain, generally you will feel it in your heart first, but most of us, have spent years not listening to our bodies, so we don't even realize that's where we feel it first, right? Mm. So for me, I realized that I had gone through um, a series of emotions and experiences. You know, there was a literal feeling of being heartbroken, right? So to cut a long story short, let's say, uh, about 16, hold on, how old's my sister? Yeah, so about 16 years ago, I lost three members of my family in a three month period. And broken, I just didn't know it, yeah? I shut off all emotions. Um, I became strong for everybody else. I didn't cry in front of anybody. Um, And even like for my grandmother's funeral, I had to read her eulogy because nobody else in my family could. And I stood up there and I read it and not even a tear came down my cheek while I read it, right? 
and everybody else is looking at me like, oh my God, like, what is wrong with her? Like, she's showing no emotion whatsoever. And I'd kept my pain in my heart. And so what happened was, because I wasn't releasing that pain, I ended up living what I like to call Groundhog Day. So I put myself in these uh, sequences of must get up, do the school run, do the shopping, and I'm I'm saying it like that because it literally was that kind of it's like watching a clock tick 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 tick. I did that for the best part of fourteen years, right? Refused to really acknowledge my pain, yeah. And so because I did that, I do believe that is part and parcel of how I um, came to be diagnosed with fibromyalgia, right? The day that I released that, um, (laughs) the day that I released a lot of that pain was the day that I gave my first motivational talk. And the weirdest thing about that is that five days before, I lost one of my closest friends. I got a phone call to tell me that one of my closest friends had died. This was on a Tuesday. I had seen him on the Saturday and I was given a talk on the Sunday. Wow. When I got the call, I had to make a decision. I could hear in my energy around me was him saying, you better go and do that talk. This is a now or never moment. Yeah, and your moment is now. If there was ever a time that you were going to unpause your life and start living and learning how to deal with your pain, now is your opportunity. So I went on, the, I, you know, I called the organiser and I said, look, this is the situation. He said, no, it's fine, you don't have to come. I said, I'm coming. I'm coming to do this. This is, I need to do this. I went, I did the whole training for two days. On the Sunday, I, I was the last person to speak and I stood up in front of over 200 people. I was being recorded and I just said, look, I've been living my life on pause for 14 years because I didn't want to acknowledge my pain. And now that I'm acknowledging it and now that I'm going through a healing process, I want other people to know that you don't have to live your life on pause. You don't have to keep repeating the same patterns of behavior because it makes you feel safe. Sometimes, in order for you to heal from pain, you have to take the risk of not feeling safe. To hear the rest of this moving dialogue, please tune in now for part two to hear the rest of this story. Hello lovelies, I just wanted to take a quick moment to say a huge thank you for listening to this episode of Moving Dialogues. If you wanted to support the growth of this podcast, there is a donation link below so I can keep on bringing even more moving stories your way better than ever. I thank you so much for your continuous support. It doesn't go unnoticed. I'll see you next time. Much love.